Welcome to Afghanistan, an Afghanistan that George Butler believes we don't often see. As Western combat troops prepared to leave, the London-based artist spent three weeks sitting and watching, drawing and painting, trying to gain an understanding of modern Afghanistan through that most old-fashioned of methods, paper and ink. From street scenes in Kabul to rehabilitation clinics for the war wounded, to girls taking exams in the shadow of the Hindu Kush, Butler wanted to tell a story about the Afghanistan the West is leaving behind. Talk us through this picture. This is a girls' school. So girls' schools have been one of those things that people concentrate, I suppose, on in the press. And I've been invited by some people called the Afghan Connection, who sponsor a lot of schools in the north, in Takar province. And these were girls doing their end-of-term exams outside. Maybe 100, 120 girls just sitting down when they run out of desks, sitting on the floor, if, if there's no desk, just on benches, writing their exams. But what was interesting about these schools and these projects run by the Swedish committee and the Afghan Connection is that once they'd, they've been here in this part of the world for a long time and completely accepted by the communities, no question that girls shouldn't go to school. And then once they get to a a stage where they're operating on their own, they're handed back to the government as model schools. Did you feel uncomfortable being there, that you'd made, essentially made them uncomfortable with your presence? Initially, I think, yeah. In this case, I was glad that it was drawing that I was doing and that they could see that I wasn't a threat or they could look over the, come and see the drawing if they wanted to, and that it was over an hour or two, and that, and that, and that way they'd begin to relax. This is in Herat, in northern Afghanistan, on the border towards Iran and early one morning in the old town. It's just a typical market scene, as you might imagine it, anywhere in so between the Middle East and Asia. People going about their business, opening their shops, things that happen from day to day. And as always, I just picked a spot that I thought I could describe what I was witnessing as best as I could. And all of these are done from life as a witness account, as it were, on location, so in pen and ink which is quite nice in that you can't rub it out, you, you have to be quite immediate. I was always aware that standing around for longer than 40 minutes or an hour with sort of attracting attention to yourself was, but I found it very nerve-wracking. Let's have a look at those now. Because you've been trying to show you know, the problems of security right now, uh, also ordinary life, um, but there's obviously you know, some very real costs to the war in mm. Afghanistan. Tell us about this guy though. All the, these next three drawings were drawn in Prosthetic Limb Project run by the Red Cross. This was a guy just waiting in the corner and I think the fact that he didn't mind me doing that gives you some idea of the attitude of a lot of people there. What was interesting or what I found interesting about the Red Cross project in particular was that every single position, nurses, technicians, guards, were all taken by people who were missing limbs or had polio or club foot or a genetic disorder which meant they had autosis and couldn't walk. And it, it, it provided this incredible atmosphere that when you saw people walking in as people missing limbs or new patients, there was no time for them to feel sorry for themselves. And they could always see that you know, there was a life after getting better from whatever, whatever had happened to them. And that was, a, that was just sort of an inspiration for me to sit and draw. Now tell us about this. Very often the mosques in Kabul were the ones that survived the shelling by the Mujahideen and the Taliban. And so this is, I suppose, is as typical a Kabul scene as you get. The mosque and uh, people selling pigeon seed, streams of, sort of taxis. The, the traffic in Kabul is horrific. And again, it was one of those moments that I think I was quite nervous about, just walking into, basically into the middle of 
of carbon and standing there as a, as a strange westerner and just starting to draw. Let's look at the next one. So tell us about where this is. This is a street in the old city of Kabul called Bird Street. It's sort of particularly typical of Kabul and all the way down is these guys selling birds, pigeons, canaries. And it's incredibly brightly coloured. But again, it was a place that I could only be for an hour because it's very much that balance in Afghanistan of how long it's safe to be there. You're very aware that you don't want to take up too much of people's time, but also that drive to try and describe to people what it's like uh, in a place that that anywhere else you read or, or see photographs of is almost always um, described as dangerous or unsafe or uh, certainly uncertain. And then just finally, we can all take pictures now. Mm. We can all see images from wherever we want around the yeah. world. Uh, what is the advantage, you think, of you know, pen and ink mm. on paper? I think that it probably wasn't just something that we did in the end of the 19th century whilst we waited for photography to be invented. I think there was a value to having drawn images in our news. But I think particularly now with the sort of abundance of digital imagery, some of it manipulated, some of it particularly brilliant at, at its job, but certainly, you know, billions and billions of photographs every day. The fact that it's different when you turn the page, it's just a drawing done from life on location by an individual as they spent time doing it. I think that can be quite evocative and, and also quite engaging for an audience. And perhaps there's a, there's a correlation between the time spent doing it and the time spent looking at it. For Monocle in London, I'm Steve Bloomfield. <laughs>